Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Jeremy Evans with Believe in Sports Law. Today is Monday, October 28th, and this is episode 17 uh, via the Believe Podcast Network. And again, I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about the disruption in the entertainment media sports industries that are uh, going on, let's say, over the past few years and sort of what we might expect going into the future. This is really a fascinating area because we look at, you know, number one, a lot of the consolidation over the past, uh, you know, basically over the past year uh, through 2019, we can see the AT&T Time Warner merger, we can see Disney's purchase of the Fox Entertainment Library. We can see Viacom CBS becoming a company under one roof again. They were previously under one roof, and then they separated. Now they're back together. And then we can also see an explosion in terms of new streamers coming into play. So we can look at Apple+, Plus, Disney+, Plus. The HBO Max is going to be coming out via Warner Media, which was part of the AT&T Time Warner. We can also see a sort of new and revived Hulu platform, which is now a little over 90% owned by Disney via the uh, Fox purchase. I think Disney had owned uh, 60% previously or 66% or something like that. And then they ultimately purchased a 30% stake from Fox uh, when they purchased that uh, that library. And it's sort of an interesting space because we also have Amazon Prime in that, which, as you may know, started out as a, you know, basically a um, sort of as a online retailer. And then uh, now a lot of folks, a lot of consumers are using the platform to essentially do more than just do their online sort of shopping needs sort of seen as a place now where you can go. It's sort of an all-in-one platform where you have a lot of the apps on there, which is sort of an interesting thing. So it's kind of like a, a Roku, if you will, except with all the other stuff and all the other apps. So it's um, in some sense a lot more inclusive in that way. So, it, and of course, we've got a lot of deals that are going on with this too. You look at uh, Apple Plus is going to be given free to any Apple customers or new Apple customers who come in and purchase an Apple product. So whether it's a Mac or an iPhone or whatever it may be, and uh, they'll get the Apple plus uh, streaming uh, for free. So get all that content for free for one year. There was a deal that was recently brokered between um, Disney and Verizon. So now all Verizon users will get Disney plus for free when that launches and then, of course, Hulu, you already get for free through Sprint if you're a Sprint uh, cell phone uh, customer. And then, of course, T-Mobile and Netflix have a similar deal where if you're a T-Mobile customer, you get Netflix uh, for free. And then, of course, there's some other deals that are out there. If you're a student, actually, you can get the Hulu platform, Spotify Premium, and Showtime for $4.99 a month. So a really good deal there. 
And then more recently, I actually saw something advertised on the Amazon Prime uh, or Prime Video platform uh, via the Fire Stick. And uh, there's a deal now where you can actually get HBO and um, Cinemax for $19.99 a month. And I'd be curious as to how that's going to transfer over transition once HBO Max becomes available. I believe the price range is going to be around $15 or $16 a month. So we're living in a very sort of interesting space where we're seeing consolidation, but so also explosion sort of of the entertainment uh, and content space. And then, of course, Jeffrey Katzenberg, former chairman of um, Disney and CEO of DreamWorks, started a new company called uh, Quibi, Q-U-I-B-I. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Actually, with a former uh, gubernatorial candidate here in California, Meg Whitman. And that company is focusing specifically on short-form content, which is somewhat interesting because uh, there was actually an article that I read in a website called Two Circles and I think twocircles.com or something like that. And the website was sort of talking about statistics on what sort of content would be most popular and the, the sort of guess that uh, the data that came in and sort of the, the planning that was done in this article had said that ultimately within the next five years would actually be short form video content and specifically highlights for sports uh, would be sort of the highest sort of um, you know money getter in terms of people purchasing those rights. So it wouldn't be long form content or movies, films or whatever. It would actually be sports content, specifically the highlight version. And of course we can see this through the, the, the uh, popularity of Bleacher Report and that app and, and uh, you know, in comparison to let's say the ESPN app or whatever else is out there. And then of course we've also seen Twitch, for example. And if you don't know what Twitch is, Twitch is actually owned by Amazon and it's a gaming and streaming platform. And now they've actually shown interest and have actually, I believe, uh, streamed and purchased some sports uh, content, some live sports content. Of course, as everybody probably knows, live sports content is really the only thing that people consume um, in present time anymore. Everything else is pretty much recorded or on demand or streamed or whatever it may be. So ultimately, we're seeing Twitch in a situation where, you know, they're going to be streaming this content. And the whole point there is, is that Twitch is a platform that focuses in on, and not on purpose, but it's just sort of who their audience is. It's a, it's a younger audience for all the gamers. And so they're trying to essentially put those, uh, that sports content on that platform to reach those, those younger viewers. So we'll see how that plays out. And of course, we've got Twitter and Facebook in the mix, and they've uh, obviously uh, published some content there specifically for sports, and they've sort of dabbled with some shorter form content. And of course, any of the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, specifically the latter sort of or the aforementioned three, um, not necessarily with Snapchat, but with Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, you really have the options to create your own content, manage your own content and sort of self-publish and uh, you know become an influencer in that space. And of course, that's become a very popular thing for celebrities and uh, athletes alike. 
So we've seen Twitter and Facebook do it. Um, Amazon, actually Prime Video, does a weekly uh, Thursday football game. I think there was a certain package that they bought for Thursday night football. And of course, I forgot to mention earlier, you know, ESPN Plus, which is also owned by Disney. That was a new app that launched similar vein of um, uh, some of these other sort of streaming companies. Although I do find it kind of funny that the um, <laughs> some of these businesses can't come up with better names than Apple Plus or Disney Plus. It's no knock on them. And I get what it signifies in terms of it's, it's more than just a typical content, but um, – you know, eventually these folks are going to have to differentiate themselves, and I assume that will be through uh, their content and whatnot. But, but again, um, it would be nice to uh, see some different names here. And then, um, of course, Major League Baseball streamed on Facebook. We've saw, we've seen some of that. They've also streamed uh, some games on YouTube, which has been interesting. Uh, I believe, actually, what was it? Uh, the National Hockey League (NHL) uh, did some. Uh, some of their playoff games via YouTube. And then, of course, uh, during the regular season, Major League Baseball had their games. But then also during the playoffs, uh, YouTube was actually the major sponsor. And if you remember watching some of those games last year, YouTube actually had its logo at, um, right behind home plate at, at, each, at each of the ballparks where they were playing in uh, Dodger Stadium and uh, Fenway Park. And you'd actually, as you're watching the game, you're, it's almost like as if you're watching it on YouTube because the logo was sort of below it and you kind of get the, the feeling of, oh, I'm watching it on YouTube, but actually it wasn't. So uh, it's sort of a brilliant marketing and um, sort of presentation idea. And then, of course, over in Major League Soccer, we have the Seattle Sounders and LAFC, um, which is in their second season now in Los Angeles. They actually have exclusive deals with YouTube to, um, to stream their um, soccer matches. So... Very interesting stuff. And then sort of interesting, we were sort of talking about the consolidation of the industries uh, with regard to some of the companies in entertainment. Uh, we're sort of seeing an interesting um, thing going on with Major League Baseball. It was They recently announced that they're working on a deal to actually consolidate its minor league system. So there's going to be about 40 teams that are going to be taken out of the current minor league system that are what they refer to as affiliated baseball and moved into potentially what, what they're referring to as a dream league. And then I believe two clubs that are currently in the independent league, which is, I guess, unaffiliated baseball. So we're sort of like a lot of the baseball players who get released from minor, minor league or professional sort of uh, major league baseball, they'll go and play or you know, guys who don't get drafted, that sort of thing is what independent ball is. But there's going to be two independent league teams that are going to potentially be moving into the affiliated ball, and that's the St. Paul Saints and the, I think, the Sugarland uh, Texas team. I'm sure of their, um, their mascot there or their um, uh, team name, but it's basically the team there down in Sugarland, Texas. So it's an interesting thing, which I, I – think is probably to sort of establish more control over minor league baseball, uh, lower cost, of course, um, for in terms of both operational, but also in terms of uh, less travel. I think we'll probably see some official leagues established and sort of just make it easier potentially for some of these prospects to move up, uh, you know, in terms of uh, a sort of more consolidated baseball uh, system there. 
And then, of course, um, over in um, the NBA, we've had some significant disagreement there with regard to the uh, Chinese policy with regard to how it treats its citizens and some of the drama that's going on there. And, of course, that uh, NBA finds itself in a difficult position, uh, as I'm sure some other leagues will um, will be up against, too, as they decide to expand there, uh, which, of course, I think every league to this point has expressed interest uh, to do that, specifically the NBA, the NFL, uh, and Major League Baseball. More, more particularly, I think, the NBA and Major League Baseball, um, and then sort of maybe uh, uh, NHL as well, and then obviously NFL and uh, MLS to a lesser extent. So it, as we're sort of looking at all of this, what can we expect in looking at um, specifically the entertainment industry? You know, it's funny. I was talking to a colleague the other day, and it, it's interesting to see sort of history history repeat itself. We have a lot of these sort of companies, these entertainment companies, the studios, streamers, whatever, where they're starting to consolidate. You know, you, you're sort of getting this this idea that you have. There was even a rumor about Apple um, potentially consolidating with Disney, uh, which I don't know what the Justice Department would say about that in terms of antitrust issues, but definitely some issues there. But sort of you get this idea of potentially having a cell phone company merge with a studio merge with a sort of cable provider. And that's like, you look at that and you think, okay, I mean, that's basically what AT&T Time Warner is. NBC sort of universal Comcast is somewhat like that minus the, of course, a cell phone provider deal. And then of, uh, of course you've got the, uh, the Disney one, but then of course they just brokered the deal with Verizon to, to uh, have it available to its Verizon customers. So it's, it, Sort of this way of, you know, again, if content is king and distribution is queen and she wears the pants, as Jonathan Perelman would say, it's, um, I think it's just, we're just seeing a little bit more of that. We're just seeing more ways to distribute that content. So the history repeating itself piece comes back to, you know, ultimately the distribution aspect, which is sort of, you know, been, been true for time immemorial, but it's also an issue of, uh, you know, back in the day, it was like you had cable companies and then ultimately they would be buying certain channels or whatever, or certain content. Now we're seeing platforms buy certain apps or certain content to stream on those um, those apps. So this is sort of where I think you know Amazon can be so powerful in terms of having sort of one stop shop. Of course, the whole point here is to keep keep customers on the same app and not to be sort of floating around or at least on the same platform. I think it's where sort of Amazon can be very powerful. And to also have the situation where you're, instead of just focusing in on one area, content, entertainment, you know, media, news, or sports, you know, you're seeing really, especially with Amazon, uh, combining a lot of this content where you have entertainment, media, and sports on the same platform through different apps. And then, of course, how does this all affect Netflix? You know, Netflix is in a position, they were sort of the, the industry starter. You know, they had sort of first dibs, if you will, and uh, they're now being challenged by the Apple Pluses and the Disney Pluses and the HBO Max and, of course, by Amazon. Now, of course, Netflix is still the leader, but I think ultimately with some of these cell phone provider deals and having an immediate, you know, sus- subscriber base of 50 to 80 million customers, you know, you're going to have a, a pretty good shot there. And then sort of as a closing piece, Another aspect to all of this is sort of what did the 
cable companies that are under the umbrellas of uh, the larger companies. So let's say like an NBC Universal who also works with Comcast. And you look at a situation like that and you go, and I believe Comcast is the parent company in that. But ultimately, how do you get the folks who, because you know, there's been you know some data out there about that it's not necessarily true that everybody is cord cutting. There's definitely a trend of that, but not everybody's doing it. And of course, generally we're seeing that it's a lot of the, um, the sort of the more seasoned population that is not cord cutting. And so what we might see a lot more of is looking at, let's say an NBC universal, which has their streamer, um, uh, Peacock, which is the first time I'm mentioning it now, but they ultimately could look at a situation where they, encourage their Comcast customers to stream Peacock content for free. And actually, I think that's a deal that's in place where they're going to allow that um, uh, that sort of folks to be able to do. And of course, HBO is doing the same thing. If you have an HBO account through your regular sort of cable or satellite as an add-on, then those folks will automatically have access to either HBO Now or uh, HBO Max, I believe, going forward. So ultimately, just again, trying to get those customers, you know, built-in customers, built-in subscribers into your content. So we're kind of living in a fascinating time and uh, we're sort of the golden age of content, but also a lot of consolidation and a sort of repeat of history. I think the biggest thing for customers to keep an eye on is, you know, currently you can have three to four apps and still be a lot less than your cable bill. So I think, you know, as customers... As a, as a consumer myself, I'd be curious as to sort of how this is going to play out going forward. So, folks, that's the end of uh, Episode 17. Again, uh, thanks for listening in. This is Believe in Sports Law with Jeremy Evans. I'm your host, Jeremy Evans, and uh, wishing you a great rest of your week. And uh, look forward to being back uh, next week for Episode 18. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.